0: I <clears throat> you know, thought someone else was preaching the message then, <laughs> I was almost going to be a ventriloquist and just sort of <laughs> work around, I about to take my seat and listen and enjoy it, well again uh, thank you for having me here this morning and it's uh, great to be back here at Coastline and I uh, enjoyed the early service and I uh, look forward to uh, bringing you the thought that i have for you today out of luke chapter 6 in uh, the gospel of luke uh, ryan mentioned those uh chocolate covered coffee beans uh i definitely won't be partaking of those i hate coffee but i love chocolate but uh, I, it reminded me of a, a pastor who went to visit a uh, elderly lady in his church and when he went to visit her he sat in her living room and she ducked out of the living room and he saw a bowl of nuts there on the little table so he just had a nut and before he knew it he ate the entire bowl of nuts and she come back into the living room and he said look i really got to apologise, he said I'm really sorry I, I had one of the nuts there on the table and they were so delicious I just had the rest of them she said i passed. it, that's okay, she said i got false teeth so they were chocolate covered nuts and I just sucked the chocolate off and leave the nuts in the bowl <laughs> and uh, you've got to be careful about those chocolate covered things <laughs> But look, uh, thank you for being here, Uh, I I will be talking tonight on the subject of mental illness and some things, if you're interested in that area and different areas from there, some people uh, deny it, demonise it, and we need to deal with it in society and especially in Christianity, and uh, help try to break the silence, remove a bit of stigma, and help people realise in life that their illness is not their identity and their chemistry is not their character, and uh, we are in Christ and there are some great truths and helpful things that might be helpful to people. But this morning I want to talk to you on this subject, I'm fully devoted and I'm still here uh, on this concept and uh, this little uh, series that your pastor is going to be kicking off into. I I thought about Jesus as he would discuss things and as he would teach and much of his application around some of his metaphors would be uh, agricultural. Uh, illustrations you know, a sower went forth to sow or we'll talk about the wheat and the tares and they were sort of his illustrations and occasionally he would move into architectural uh, illustrations and metaphors and this uh, message that he's about to give us from the scriptures here deals with the concept of a architectural building issue dealing with foundational work and foundations to any building are very very important Probably one of the most famous uh, buildings in the world is the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And if you see that tower here, it started in 1174. The guy who built it or designed it was Bonino Pisano, obviously taken from his name, the, the thing. It was a bell tower to a cathedral. But as they started to build it, it ended up taking 176 years to build, so he never saw the completion of it. They soon discovered that as they kept building, the building was tilting and tilting, and that the soil was causing a problem and the foundations were sinking and things and, and ended up, this is what we ended up with, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, the building itself was great. The foundations were shocking and they never put them down deep enough and they've always tried to correct it ever since then. Well, Jesus touches on this concept here in Luke chapter 6. And I want to just point out in Luke chapter 6, this is Jesus' sermon on the plain, on the, on the plain area. Matthew he preaches the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. This is a different account, uh, and a similar story he draws at a conclusion of the Sermon on the Plain when he deals with this situation. A few similarities are there, and let's read this passage in Luke chapter 6, verses 46 to 49. Here's what the Bible says And Jesus said this, And why call ye me Lord, Lord? And do not, key words, do not the things which I say. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. And when Jesus said that, I'd be saying, I'm all ears. I want to know what this person is like. And now he gives his little metaphor here. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock And when the flood arose and the stream beat beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth, different from the sand parable, against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great." Jesus in this little parable here, he's he's not teaching a a message on on how to build a house in storm-free zones or in certain issues on that. He's speaking of the necessity of building our lives on a good foundation and that foundation is going to be determined very much upon what we do with God's word as we hear it because if the foundation of any building is shaky and not solid, it's going to collapse over stress and over time, and we all understand that concept of the, the building. In the wise man and the foolish man parable in Matthew, everyone understood what wise man. He said, well, of course everyone builds on a, on a good foundation. Why would you not do that? That was the whole concept of that parable. But in here... Jesus is going to hone in on this issue of foundation. So a couple of questions I have for you as I begin this thought. The first question is this, how do you build your life on a solid foundation? How do you do that? Because just like every building has a foundation, so too your marriage has a foundation, so too your Christianity has a foundation, your relationships have foundations uh, different things will have a, 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 that you are building your life on, your career, all those things. But what does your foundation consist of? That's the point Jesus is making. What What are you actually building upon? Because in this parable, what's interesting and the key to understanding it is, is to look closely for the parts that are identical and the parts that are different. Both here, but only one does. And then he draws the parallel between what it's like in building a house and what distinguishes the builders is the foundation that they actually choose to build upon. One builds his house sticks, the other builds and his house falls which which gives me the second question that I sort of propose in this message is this, when it's all over in your life in different areas are you able to say I'm still here? When you go through problems and trials and difficulties when all is said and done can you say I'm still here? I'm still here. And then lastly, how do you get your life founded on this rock? So I propose to sort of answer those questions in this parable as I bring it forward. So here are three principles I want you to draw from it. Principle number one is this. I need to progress from hearing to doing the Word of God. I need to progress from hearing to doing. Jesus has just preached a great sermon and now he's putting a point to the people that have heard his sermon on the plane and some very practical things he's taught them. And Jesus is saying, I'm far more concerned with you doing my word than just hearing my word. Because he- hearing the word doesn't necessarily give you stability. Hearing the word week after week in church, it gives you information. But Jesus is saying, I want you to, I want you to do the word of God. Now we all know this verse, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 where it says, faith cometh by what? Hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we're not discounting the fact that we don't gain faith by hearing what God has done for someone else, or he could do that for me. And we understand that concept. But we also know what James says, that faith has to have what with it, works with it. James says it this way, in James chapter 2, verse 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, your man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. And Jesus is saying, I I don't want you just to hear what I say, I want you to do what I say. In other words, he's saying, I don't want you just to hear about serving God, I want you to serve God. I, I don't want you to just hear about giving, I want you to give. I don't want you just to hear about loving your neighbour, I actually want you to love your neighbour. I want you to do what I'm telling you to do. I don't want you to just hear about the victorious Christian life, I want you to have and do and live the victorious Christian life. I've discovered, uh, being a pastor for many years and researching things, that about 25% of Christians never pray. They hear about prayer, but they actually don't do it. Uh, They say 35% of Christians never read their Bible. They know and they hear about reading the Word, but they don't do the Word. 40% of Christians admit that they never give. 70% of Christians never assume responsibility within church and serve. 85% of Christians never invite anyone to church, even though they hear about it. They never do it. And uh, one of the staggering statistics was 95% of Christians have never won anyone to Jesus Christ. Even though they've heard what Jesus said to go and tell people and preach the gospel and tell them about me. And what he's simply saying is, I I want you to go through a process. And the process is, and his half-brother James tells us again, the process is from moving from hearing to doing. People need to hear, but Jesus said, I need you to do. James said it this way, but be ye, what does it say? doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass looking in a mirror and seeing himself for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was in other words I saw I saw myself I had some parsley in this part of my teeth and I had some uh, some spaghetti on the side of my mouth coming out here and and I said, boy, I need to clean that up and i walk away and do nothing about it. He said, that's what it's like, the person who reads the word of God and sees it, hears it, but then doesn't do anything with it. But he says, but he whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And when what you believe infiltrates your behaviour, that process starts to give you foundation in your life. Because it's not just hearing that gives you foundation, it's the process of hearing and doing that gives you the foundation from there. It's doing the Word of God. So the question we have is, am I practising what Jesus teaches? Am I sharing the hope of heaven? Am I doing the things He's asked me to do? And then I move in this story to the second point which I think is very, very important, and it's a transitional point at this point in here, and and the point is this, that I need to prepare in hope while digging in the Word, and I want you to notice what I found here. Unlike the story of the man, the wise man and the foolish man who built his house upon the rock and a house upon the sand, and we've all heard maybe those little children's stories and songs, you know, the wise man built his house upon the, you you know, remember the old Sunday school song? and the rains came, and the floods came. Yeah, we all know the song, and uh, at least a few of us, we know that thing. And then, uh, you know, the actions, and some of you are even starting to think through the actions. Well, this is a totally different story, because there's no sand involved in this story. He said he talks about a person who built his house on earth, and Jesus changes it up a little bit. And I used to think this was a story about the location But on a closer inspection, I understand that the location was not the issue. In fact, both men started with earth. But one man, according to verse 48, he's like a man which built a house and digged deep. They both started with the same ground. I used to think one just found some rock and built on rock. One found some sand and built on sand. But there's Jesus saying, I want to show you something different, because that's a, a total different illustration. Of course you're going to build on sand, no one's going to build on sand. But here he says, there is earth. And the difference between the two was one said, I'm going to dig until I find rock. I'm going to go through that process. I have to put some work in where people don't see. I've got to dig away into those things. I've uh, been involved in some houses and things over time, and I've never had anyone ever comment on the foundations of the house. No one's ever come along and said, Oh, the foundations, amazing. The steel, the concrete, how you put the reinforcement, the width of the trenches, oh, just amazing foundations. I've never had anyone, unless it was an engineer checking it, I've never had anyone do that. I, everyone always comments on the finished product, the house how beautiful the house is and all that. But if the underground work isn't done, it doesn't matter what's above ground, there's going to be problems and there's going to be cracks from there. The difference between these two characters is one prepared. One said, I'm going to be devoted, I'm going to stick at this, and I'm going to dig and dig. And Jesus says that digging is like the doing of the Word. If you are doing, you are digging into the world, into the Word. But here is what I'm saying. When you dig a foundation and you start to dig as as, as you do the Word of God, just like the man who dug, inevitably, inevitably in the digging process, everything that isn't solid has to get out of the way. Things start to move. That's why when you start to do the Word of God, sometimes you might lose some friends. That's why when you start to do the Word of God... Some of those things that are hanging on to you that maybe have been some bad habits and you start, I'm going to do the Word of God, those things can start to fade away. When you start to do the Word of God, sometimes you think the devil's gotten loose and, you, and everything's going crazy, but it's, the, it's not the devil, it's the shovel in your life starting to dig. I'm just going to be obedient and do some things and what you thought you could trust in sometimes starts to move. You thought I could just trust in my finances and that was going to hold me, but I'm just going to be obedient to the Word of God and I'm going to do the Word of God and all of it starts to get shaky. I, I thought I could just, I, my health was my stability, but I'm just going to keep doing the Word of God and, and next thing my health starts to get a bit shaky, but I'm going to keep doing the Word of God and keep being fully devoted to this and do this. But what I found interesting as I read through this text was to go back prior to the sermon and find out that most of what Jesus spoke about was relationships. And here's where it got interesting to me. As I looked at this passage, I realized Jesus is saying, what you do with people and how you handle people and what you say, what you do, what you don't do, is often going to be part of the whole digging process. Here's, let me give you an example. If you go back in the passage and go back to verse 27, here's what Jesus said. But I say unto you which hear, love love your enemies and do good to them which hate you. Anyone ever done that? Easy to hear, hard to do. Someone hates you, I'm going to do good to them. You know what that is? That's digging. Look at the next one. He says, bless them that curse you. Boy, that's a tough one to do. Easy to hear. Jesus said, bless them that curse you. And you said, oh, praise God. Until someone curses you. And then you feel like, you know, every... For everything they cursed you with, 10 things worse come out, you think I can just fire back at them? Or what about this one? He turns around and says, and pray for them which despitefully use you. Ever been used? You think, I've just been used. And not just that, I've been used despitefully. Those people, that person just absolutely used me, abused me, ripped me off. And Jesus said, now's your chance to dig. Now's your chance to do. Now, now's your chance to do this. And, and, and why don't you pray for them? I'll pray for them, alright. Yeah, I'll pray for them. No, 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 he's given the context. is pray for blessing. Uh, here, here's the next thing. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. This, is, this doesn't seem normal. Easy to hear... But hard to do and you can keep reading through it's all about relationships relationships people and practicing what jesus said in connection with relationships forgiving humbling forbearing long-suffering easy to hear hard to do but let me tell you something as i do it i'm digging deeper and getting a solid foundation and god is using people literally to be the shovel that keeps digging into your life and as you work with those things, and and you think, boy, why does this person keep hurting me? Why do they keep letting me down? And God's saying, I'm using them to get you to dig deeper to the rock of Jesus. I'm using them to get you dip deeper into your life. And and just keep on doing, keep on obeying until you hit rock. And you say, well, I've cried and I've cried. Well, keep on crying until you hit the rock. I walked the floor all night praying, but I hit rock. I, I was lonely, but I've hit rock. I thought the devil would kill me, but I've hit rock and I've just been fully devoted no matter what's happened and I've just stuck with it and I've dug and I've dug and I've dug. And I want to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, there's no shortcut to excellence in the Christian life. To be fully devoted is going to take effort, it's going to take preparation, it's going to take time, it's going to take struggle, but in in particular, it takes time. My my wife is a great cook. She's a fantastic cook. And uh, I, I'm a great eater. I, I, I enjoy that. And uh, she cooks steak in a way that's just incredible. She puts it, she braises it, and then she puts it in this slow cooker. And I've got to tell you, this thing, after periods of time in this slow cooker, it comes out. You don't even need a knife. You just get a fork and just sort of eat this steak. It's just absolutely delicious. It's beautiful. But when I cook steak, you need a chainsaw to sort of cut through this thing, because I want it quick and over and done with and high cook, you <laughs> get a thing. But hers is preparation. And God is saying, listen, if you want something to happen, we live in an instant age. We want things done now. Someone, you send a text to someone and they haven't replied within five seconds, you get frustrated. And then you see the little bubble come up on your phone you think, what, are, they, are they replying? And then the bubble goes and then you even get more frustrated. Why don't they just say yes or no? What are they doing? And we want this instant stuff and Jesus is saying, let me tell you, the digging deep is going to take time. It's a process as you go through it and you need to go through some stuff and that's why you go through trials and struggles and do the Word of God through them because it's through that your hope increases. It's through that you get to know God more. It's through that as you keep digging and being obedient to the Word that God shows you you. And we see ourselves, and the first time you have a problem, you, you don't know what to do, but I'm just going to be obedient. God, I'll trust you, and I'll, I'll place my faith in you, and I'll, I'll say yes to you, and I'll keep serving and, and keep coming. And then and the second time, it, I go through a problem, I, I keep digging, and it's a little bit easier. And the third time, and as I'm digging and digging, I'm being more obedient to the faith. But then a crisis comes. And this is where I, I wish I could tell you in this passage I, I wish i could give you some uh, some better news in this sense that if you did that and, and you continued to build your life on the rock by being obedient through the struggles being uh, keep working and being faithful with the people who sometimes come against you and and just say i'm just going to be fully devoted to your word god and obey it and and follow it no matter what happens i'll forgive when i need to forgive i'll, I'll serve because i love you no matter what's happening, I I wish I could tell you that you wouldn't ever then have any storms in your life. I wish I could tell you if you'd done the prep right and you dug and you had some foundation right that you're never going to have problems. But the text won't allow me to tell you that. In fact, my dilemma in the text is the man who, who did the prep and the man who didn't do the prep had to face the same storms. And I would love to tell you if you're prepped right, you, you won't have to go through anything anymore, and I'd love to tell you if you're prepped right, the lightning won't flash and the thunder won't roll in your life, but that's not the truth. And no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you read, no matter how much you serve God, no matter how much you're faithful to Him, there is going to come in times in our life something that will just knock you to your knees. And it will come, just as the text says, like a flood that arose and a stream that beat. I went to Israel in November last year and we were in different parts of Israel and, and looked very barren and sparse in different areas. And They said, don't let, that, don't let that fool you. When the rain comes, it'll just come flooding down and the, it'll just come up so quickly and just wash all these little gullies away and, and wash things away. So Jesus is talking in that context. How quick something just can just spring up And how quick can that happen in our life? This morning, everything's going great. By this afternoon, you could be in one of the greatest disasters you've ever had in your entire life. Tomorrow morning, you could go visit your doctor and get news that you never thought of or ever expected. Boom. Where did that come from? You get a phone call a text. Whoa. Where did that flood arise from? Where did that stream come belting down against my house, my marriage, my work life, my career, my education, my, my choice, what I'm working through, my Christianity? Where did... Where did that come from and where is that, that pressure coming from? And Jesus is teaching us saying we're all going to go through problems but the third point I want to jot down is this. We need to preserve, persevere, sorry, persevere the hard times by depending on the Word. Now here's what I know. You will know whether you have hit rock and building your life on the rock not because you didn't go through anything but when it's all over I'm still here. Like the psalmist said, God is my refuge and I'm abiding under the shadow of the Almighty no matter what takes place from there. I watched people come into my church, as no doubt your pastor does, and I see people sometimes drag in here going through whatever they're going through. And then I watch them sing. And I watch them just sing through and the Holy Spirit is fighting the doubts and the the despair. They're in warfare, but they're saying, I'm still here no matter what has happened, because I'm fully devoted and I'm just going to do what you say, I'm going to keep digging and I'm going to be depending on the Word of God, sort of like Job of old. You remember the story of Job? He went through a terrible, terrible ordeal in life and when it was all over, Job said, I'm still here. I'm still here. In Job chapter 1, he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord in all this. Job, sin not nor charge God foolishly. And as things got worse, more floods, more storm, he just messed the family. I mean, his wife just couldn't handle it, understandably. Losing children, losing home, losing everything. It was just an incredible pressure that came upon her life. And, and she turns to, to Job and says, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Just, just curse God and die. And you can, you can understand at times those husband and wife frictions and the pressures that come. And, and he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? All this, in all this Job did not sin with his lips. You know why? Because he'd been digging and digging and just kept doing the word of God through his character, through his life. So when the storm comes... And the issues hit. He was on rock. And he was there and said, I'm still here. And he's saying, if I could say something with my mouth that makes me die, that I can say something with my mouth that makes me live. And that's why when you go through a storm, the devil wants you to zip it. He doesn't want you to say anything. But you need to just turn up and say, I'm still here. And I'm still going to praise you, God, no matter what happens in my life. Because I'm I'm digging and I'm doing the word of God. And what I see in this passage, tragically, is the man who decided, "I'm going to hear, but I'm never really going to do." There's a ver- there's a word in verse forty-seven, toward the end, and when the same storm hit him, it says, "And immediately, it fell." And I've seen some people have some tragic, tragic ends to their to their life sometimes, physically. I've seen people who've had some tragic ends to marriages, to relationships, to to their church life, and it seems like just immediately. And yet I've seen others where the same events have happened to them and they turn around and say, I'm still here. I'm still here. And I say, what was the difference? And when I dig a bit further into it, I find that some said, "I'm going to try to do everything I can just to do the Word of God," and others have said, "Well, I've been a hearer. I've heard a lot. I, I know a lot. But truth be told, I I never did forgive when I should have. I, I never did humble myself when I should have. I never did serve when I should have. I never did." And you fill out the sentence. And that's the difference between the two. And, and my purpose of being here today is simply to say, yeah, nowhere in the story does anyone ever brag on the quality of the house. No one ever. No, I don't find nothing in here where Jesus said, "We should have seen the place. It was beautiful. The windows, the, the drapes, the, the, the roof pitch. Beautiful home. The paint, the decor. The nothing's ever mentioned about the home. All that's ever mentioned." is the foundation. And I think Jesus is telling us it doesn't matter how how wonderful you are, how cute she is, how handsome he is, uh, how rich you are, how poor you are, how educated you are, how skilled you are. The issue is how deep you've dug. Through the struggles, through the trials, because the determining factor between the two houses was digging into the rock. Making sure whatever I've heard, I said, God, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a doer of the word and as I do, I'll go through some struggles. Uh, my wife and I's testimony uh, in that book that we've written on Poles Apart and uh, it's been a great help to several people uh, in different areas and as your pastor said, it's, there is obviously our life story and, and she's had bipolar now for 23 years. And I want to tell you, we've gone through some pretty tough, tough issues. And as a husband, I I write in the book on how it dealt dealt with me as a husband and how bitter I got at times and how frustrated I would get. And I think, God, why are you doing this? I mean, why why is she like this? I mean, seriously. And then sometimes I go through that and God took a passage of scripture and just smote me to the core. The book of Colossians. And it says, Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. And I'm going to tell you, it was like a sledgehammer just smacked me in the head. And the Holy Spirit said, that's you. The question is, are you going to do the Word of God? And I'm so thankful, those many years ago, that I said, God, I need to do the Word of God. I've been such a selfish, selfish, proud man and thinking of myself when you've told me to love my wife. And I tell you, it changed everything. And as storms would come, and they come, when she had to go through different things and went through electric shock treatment and stuff, and I sat there, and then she forgets things and and different things, and uh, we've we've had some funny stories, some sad stories. What's been great is as the storms have come, we both stand and say, I'm still here. I'm still here. And by God's grace, we want to be able to say by the time we finish our course, I'm still here because we just want to do and dig and then depend upon the Word of God. And I can't tell you anything more than simply saying, if God's brought me here today just to tell you, let's shift in the process. Let's not just be hearers. May God help us be doers of this book, because that's what's going to help us dig and have foundation in our life. Going to help us do that. Let's pray as we conclude here this morning. Pastors coming. Father, we just want to thank you for your word and the, the power of it and the strength of it. And Lord, help us today be obedient to it. And Lord, we hear you. May God help us become doers in a consistent way. And may, may our lives be a testimony of that and build those foundations. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.